Welcome to See Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. I am Brittany Gossmeyer, and I am a boudoir photographer and body empowerment slash body acceptance advocate. I help women just reunite with their bodies in a sensual way. Um, Not always necessarily, you know, sexual. The goal is to just kind of come into your own womanhood and reunite with the woman that's inside and heal through some things that maybe has created some distance there. How do you do that? I particularly walk my ladies through individual experiences. It's really catered to them as a person. I don't have a set rule. I just kind of like you're doing here, just start asking questions and listen and hear what they've been through. And then I just let them know that they're seen and they're heard and it's okay. And that no matter the trauma, the level of trauma, the experience, that they are deserving of self-love and self-acceptance. And that starts with them. I love that. We have the same mission. I want everybody to love themselves. Do you think that everybody has some trauma around their body? I think to some degree, yes. And it may Mm -hmm. not be directly... With their body, it could be a comment that someone said about the way they look in a certain outfit that just stuck with them. Mm -hmm. I've had clients that tell me that they've had bosses that constantly commented on their bodies and their outfits. And since then, it's really just kind of rooted. We just look that head on and we see where that comes from and address it then. I love that. I remember like as a teenager, a boy telling me that one of my breasts was bigger than the other, which was true and is true, but also horrifying as a teenager. Oh, no, I'm weird. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of us have things like that, like that we think aren't normal. And I jokingly tell every client, I say, don't worry. Every single client I've had, I've had to remove a blemish off their butt. Every single one. Don't apologize when I'm doing, you know, a booty shot. Don't feel any type of way. Everybody has imperfections. And so that's kind of one thing I like to jokingly say. Yeah, that's really good because people are always comparing themselves. Always, always. And so I really like how what I do kind of puts that into perspective. Like they get to see how much it is a show in its own respect. You know, there's ways that we pose our clients and it's not necessarily a natural movement, I would say, (laughs) you know, (laughs) everything's pointed and arched. I say that ain't natural. Exactly. You're not just going to be at a party and hold your breath for a second, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, I think it really takes a lot of emotional weight too, as you're doing it, you really get into that space. Really does. Mm -hmm. Well, even... I did a shoot that wasn't emotional. It was floral was the theme. And I had a model, happens to also be a photographer, break down in tears because she didn't like the way she was looking and feeling. She was completely dressed. Yeah. It is really something that we have to do that's just not point and shoot, you know, there's a lot more to it. 
Yeah. Make somebody feel comfortable in front of the camera. But Annie Leibowitz, she said it's not her responsibility to make somebody feel comfortable in front of the camera. And I really like that, that you sort of just capture what is. And if it's discomfort in her style, then that's good, too. Exactly. And that's one thing that I really try to um, ingrain in my clients before we begin is that, you know, it's okay to be awkward and Mm -hmm. it's okay to be yourself and whatever that means. And we're not trying to be sexy. You know, we're just naturally ourselves. And that is what is sexy when you're confident in that. And it shows when you see a pose, that looks amazing. It's because that person has embodied it. And that's all you're going to do here is a natural. I try to keep it as natural as possible (laughs) with posing. But, uh, you know, I said, get comfy first and then we'll go ahead and fine tune you. We manage discomfort, but it's okay to be uncomfortable, like you're saying. And that's what we capture. Yeah, that's really great. I love that. The podcast got started because I was photographing women who were picking words to describe who they were and not what they looked like in a series I called See Me. Mm-hmm. And I would paint the words on their back and then photograph them. And I just realized everybody kind of has a past and a story and it's emotional and beautiful. And that's what made me want to reach out to you because you have been sexually trafficked. Mm -hmm. The words I know, but I don't honestly know anything what that means or I don't know anything about that. So would you mind sharing anything about that? Yeah. So as I come to understand the word sex trafficking, I think the meaning is slowly developing into something a little greater. But at the time, it meant legally, it meant that you were taking people from one location to another in order to sell sex. And that's what was happening. And so it happened when I was turning 21, right around that time. I started dating somebody who was not preferred (laughs) for me, but at the time, He appeared to be someone who had his life together, tall, dark, and handsome, great smile, nice car, nice clothes, that kind of thing. And we started dating and, you know, what he did for a living was always kind of elusive. But at the time, I didn't really care if I was being honest. He was very much a gentleman and kind of essentially what you would call spoil you, you know, like love bombing is the term. And through situations, we began to get closer and things and he would drop little teeny hints about what he did, but not really a whole lot, not anything that would set any red flags off or anything like that. And the area that I was from, there were other girls my age who participated in prostitution and we were aware of it, but never like close enough to be involved or anything like that. And so it was after my first domestic violence experience that I had with an ex-boyfriend that I was introduced to this guy. And we began talking and dating and doing the things. And after he slowly started revealing to me what he did, he came out essentially and said, well, you know, these girls that do this for a living, they need someone to look out for them. 
They need someone to protect them against the people who maybe don't have their best interest at heart. And of course, he painted it as he was doing them a favor. He was Mm -hmm. looking out for them. He was looking out for their best interest, making them stay safe. And of course, feeding into my caregiving heart, which he had already figured out who I was and what my uh, encouragements could be. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, I understand that. I was young, naive, 20 years old. And uh, he portrayed himself as, you know, being a caretaker. Yeah. Okay, cool. Not my thing. You know, I don't want to be involved. I don't want anything to do with it, but I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge. I should (laughs) have. I definitely should have, but I didn't. We were all young and naive once. So, yeah. And so uh, at that time, uh, he had called me and said, hey, one of my girls is going out of town. I need someone to go with her because I can't. And you don't have to do anything. This is just going to be a trip for you girls to go on. And you just hang out with her is all you got to do. Make sure she stays safe. And so I said, okay. I mean, that seems like something I could do. I'm 20. It's a free trip. I want to travel. Sure. So we went up a couple hours away from home. And she was very nice to me. She was a beautiful girl. And, you know, when you're 20 and you're with another beautiful girl, you want to feel like a beautiful girl, too. You know, so you're doing the things that girls do hair and makeup and it was all paid for. And so then when funds were running out, she asked me to call my friend at the time and let him know that we were running out of money and ask if he could send more. And it was at that point that he made it very clear that it was not a free trip and that there were expectations (laughs) to be had and that the girl I was with would show me how to do everything. And knowing that I had just been through a violent experience, he threatened to come up there and told me that was what I did not want was for him to come up there and... Yeah. And then from there, it was kind of like, well, how the hell do I get out of this now? Yeah. And after a couple of weeks, my mom kind of figured that I was up to no good through some family history of drug addiction and things like that. She saw that I started losing weight and my behavior was a little erratic. I wasn't coming home. And so she essentially said I needed to find another place to stay rightfully and took my car. And now the you know, the nails were dug in deeper. Um, Now I had to rely on him and what we were doing and it sucked. And so it was a couple months that I was with them. And then someone saw me online and it was someone who used to go to school with me, who was also in the same situation. And she called my best friend and said, Hey, have you seen this? And her, my best friend met up. And she showed her what she saw online. And then they took that to my mom. And so I get a text from my mom when we were out of town on a weekend. It was a big sports weekend. And in L.A., there's a lot of tourists. And so what a lot of people don't realize is when there are big tourist attractions like that and big sports events or music events, the trafficking side also just blows up. So we were out of town. And so I get a text from my mom and she says, like, I seen this online. Is this what's happening? And I said, yes. And she said, do you want to be doing this? And I said, no, 
And so she said, okay, I'll see you when you get home. Cause I told her when we would be back in town. And she said, I'll see you when you get home. And within 24 hours of getting home, I was on a plane to Chicago to hopefully get a little bit of a reset and get away from some people that weren't good for me. Yeah. So what kind of picture was it that she saw online? I mean, was it a picture you hadn't agreed to that had, was on somebody else's post that was sexual in nature? No, it wasn't on social media. It was on like Backpage. We would have to take pictures and post ads. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she saw was the ad. And so she forwarded it and showed my mom. And mm-hmm. then they all reviewed it together. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty apparent at that point. Since, yeah, you, yeah. Know. You, you appeared in the ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So how old are you now? I am 32. So it happened for a little while, about 12 years ago? Yeah. It was probably over the course of approximately like three months from start to finish. So Mm -hmm. in that regard, I got really lucky that I have people that care enough to notice when things are off and looking a bit strange, (laughs) you know. So what can somebody do if they're in a situation they don't want to be in like that? What can they do if they don't have a friend looking out for them? And also what steps have you taken in the last 12 years to find healing? Well, first, if you find yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in, people aren't going to judge you. They're not going to think that you made the decision and that you want to do that. Just be honest with someone, even if it's someone you don't really know. Mm-hmm. You do need to reach out and you do need to find help. In Spokane, there are resources. Feel free to reach out to me personally. I don't need to know you. I've had people reach out to me, actually. They are survivors. They're not currently in that, but they were encouraged by someone else to reach out to me. And I have no problem chatting and pointing you to the right resources with zero judgment. Zero judgment. I want to be an extension, a resource. Also, even if you have made that choice and have changed your mind, still okay. There's still no judgment, right? Yeah, absolutely. We all do things that we decide maybe later on is not what I want to be doing. Absolutely. And I think that there is a difference between sex work and sex trafficking. Yeah. Sex work, I feel, is by choice and that is completely okay if they are okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that is their right to do so. Like you said, if that's something that you chose for yourself and you don't want to do it anymore and you're being forced to, then that also is a situation that you should seek help for. Absolutely. Yeah. This might sound terrible, but did you get paid? Were you getting money or were they getting all the money? It doesn't matter either way, but I am curious. So the money was promised, right? It's used as this hot dog on a stick kind of thing dangling in front of you. But in my case, personally, no, I did Mm -hmm. not get paid. He took all the money and convinced us that it was for X, Y, and Z. There were multiple of us. And so I'm assuming that that happened across the board. Uh, It wasn't something that we were really allowed to know about with. That wasn't really our business, if you will. Did that person ever get in trouble? They did. Yeah. Actually, I got a call while I was still in Chicago before I came home. And it was from the local law enforcement. And they asked me when I would be back in San Diego because the person that was trafficking me had been arrested for trafficking of a minor and also human trafficking. So they needed me to come in. 
as soon as I could and give my statement, which I did. It was hard. It was not easy. Scary. Yeah, I'm sure it was. How have you received help? Currently, I am in counseling for mm-hmm. myself personally. This is the first time since then that I've received personal counseling. I've done marriage counseling when I was married. I've done a lot of self-work. All of my friends are mental health professionals. And so it's easy to kind of piggyback off them and Mm -hmm. chat with them as they were going through school and stuff. So luckily I was somebody who could do a lot of inner work. For a while, I clung to religion. In a way, I had convinced myself that the more devoted I was, the cleaner I could be. Mm And that lasted for a little while. And then I just didn't feel authentic. You know what I mean? Like you just start feeling like you're on a hamster wheel and you don't really know where life's going. You don't feel purposeful. You don't feel like you're living for the intention that you were made. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when I really started doing some digging and found boudoir. Mm hmm. And I actually started doing boudoir before I realized why I was doing it. Why do you think you're doing it? Now I know that I am doing it because of what I experienced when I did it. I didn't have the normal experience when it comes to boudoir. I think that some women do experience what I did. I did a session for my ex-husband for his birthday. And I had just lost like 40 pounds and I was feeling, you know, extra fine. (laughs) I was like, you know, I'm going to do this for myself. I was a makeup artist at the time for the photographer that did it. And I was super proud of them. They were beautiful. And I presented them to him. And instead of excitement and joy and celebration, I got anger and jealousy. And how could you be naked in front of somebody else and very... Just very traditionally mindset. So in through that experience, I was like, wait a minute, I feel great about these. Yeah. I feel proud of them. Through reflecting on that. And I came to realize that that was super empowering for me. So I took them back. Yeah. I straight told them, like, okay, fine, these aren't for you. They are for me. They are mine. They are no longer your gift. They're mine. Yeah, And from that moment on, I just felt super good about them and what they meant for me. And it was awesome. And so I just wanted to give that experience to other women. And then through working a little bit deeper on my why and working with business coaches that encouraged me, you know, to be more authentic and deep, dig a little deeper, dig a little deeper. I really found that I have a passion for bringing women back from the place that I once felt about myself. And I know how, and I have the ability to, so how could I not? Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you. When I was doing the boudoir series, I had a number of people say they were doing it for themselves. And another number of people say, oh, I don't want to do it right now because there's nobody in my life, which I thought was interesting. Even the women who come to me and they'll say, you know, I'm doing this for my partner. I I always tell them, I said, well, I would like to encourage you to do this for you before we start and try to redirect that a little bit just in case they have the same experience because it is possible. And then I also tell them, I'd like to think of it as you're taking a trip to Disneyland with me today. They get the souvenir from your day at the theme park. You get the experience. 
Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that really kind of puts it in perspective. And they're like, yeah, okay, I'm signing on for that. And then at that point, I think their perspective changes a little bit. There are women who follow me on social media. They see my message. They see what I've been through. They know what I'm about. And that's specifically why they come to me. Yeah. Um, and then there's other women who just think I create beautiful art. And that's totally fine, too. So I want them to get the most out of what I offer, which is a tailored experience to help them see themselves in a different perspective. And so being able to say that, you know, redirect them back into like, well, this is for you, girlfriend. Like, I'm I'm here to help you. It helps them have a more intentional experience as well. I really love that. Thank you. How do people find you? You can find me on Instagram at black.label.boudoir. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty reachable. Okay, awesome. Maybe there's someone listening out there that has been feeling disconnected from herself or themselves. And maybe this is their encouragement to take that first step that they've been hearing back in the back of their mind for a little while that they've kind of been ignoring. I hope that this is their sign to go ahead and act on that and hopefully find a beautiful journey along the way. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of See Beneath Your Beautiful, hosted by Hara Allison. And thanks for your ratings and reviews. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Stay tuned.